You are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and of course where they are now. So what is happening everybody? Okay, I don't know why, but I feel like in the beginning of our episode when I was doing those uh, introductions, I kind of like try to channel my inner Bruce Buffer and Bruce Buffer is freaking awesome. Um, I'm not sure if I've already talked about this on our previous episodes, but well, okay, so there's this app online. I'm not going to say what it's called because I don't want it to be considered advertisement. Um, so this app, a lot of celebrities are on it and, uh, you get to request, uh, personalized messages from your favorite celebrities for a little bit of a cost, uh, and they get to give you that message or, uh, like any of your loved ones for any occasion that you request, or it could be like a trolling message. It could be anything. However, your girl right here, um, requested a wedding anniversary message for her parents uh, from Bruce Buffer. And Bruce Buffer, uh, I was actually very flattered because Bruce did not disappoint. It was uh, one of the best video clips that I've seen, witnessed and seen my whole life. He did it beautifully in his wonderful announcement voice. And uh, I will always keep it in my camera roll. And when I showed it to my parents for their 30th wedding anniversary, they loved it as well. And uh, we're just all so starstruck because we just love, like as a whole family, we love Bruce Buffer and his wonderful voice. So I don't know why I brought that up randomly, but yeah. So talking about that inner channeling or everybody channel, channel your inner Bruce Buffer because why the heck not, right? Anyway, so, okay. Uh, I hope everybody's been having a fantastic day and a phenomenal week so far. The other thing that I wanted to mention briefly again, I'll try my best to keep it as brief as possible on this episode is that, okay, one thing that I've tried, I've been seeing and experiencing myself in real life is that, you know, sometimes you might be going through a conflict in your head. You're having this dilemma whatever it is, make sure that you talk to people around you because you never really know what sort of insight they might be giving you and what sort of perspective, like just trust their perspective and try to take their comments with an open mind, especially if you are really seriously dealing with a conflict in your head. Or like I said, if it's a dilemma, like you're just not sure which path to choose or what to go with. Um, And personally, myself, I can definitely relate to that because sometimes you just think about something so hard, you're overthinking it and uh, you're just stuck in your own head. And it's not until you open up to other people and uh, tell them your situation. Well, of course, people that you're comfortable talking to, 
But also, you'll be surprised. Like, you could be opening up to a coworker. You could even be opening up to your boss, and uh, you you'll be surprised by how much support you'll be getting from those people, from those individuals. And so, yeah. Long story short, if you are dealing with anything at all, something that has been causing you conflict in your head and is just making you feel uncomfortable or just at uh, unease, make sure that you speak out about it and talk to other people about it because you never know what sort of support and help you're going to be getting from all those people. So yes, I know this was not necessarily sports related. However, um, as we've been doing this more and more with our TKO episodes, I really want to incorporate this motivational slash I don't know, like motivational slash inspirational slash philosophical uh, bit of the show because, um, you know, we are out here to talk about the beauties of combat sports, not just like the technical aspects of the sport, not just the business or all the like the different um, uh, aspects of martial arts, but also how we can use all that information to apply to real life or how we can just even if it's not again if if it's not directly sports related how can we um how can listeners of this very show by listening to our episodes how can they be uh inspired further and feel empowered right that's one thing that i've been trying to do more and more as the years go by essentially because uh, it's just so fascinating to me how our voice can be impacting whoever might be listening to this at this very moment. And for that, um, first of all, it's very empowering to me and it makes me feel so humble and uh, just grateful for this uh, platform and opportunity that we at TKO are presented with because uh, you guys support us and the support of us for you guys is mutual for sure if not even more so yeah there's your daily slash weekly dose of motivation all right so there's there's that okay so we have a lot of interesting stuff to talk about today on our show um okay so this past weekend we had the best ufc pay-per-view fight card happening um and i say that well i mean in the in the at least in the past few months, we had the best one happening. And uh, okay, I'm not going to lie. There were some disappointments at times. And there were some other fights that were just so beautiful to watch and so inspirational to to many of us long-term fans out here. So, of course, I'm talking about the big event that was headlined by Israel Adesanya and Marvin Vittori. So that was the main event of the evening. Well, I'm just going to briefly talk about this because I really do want to talk about some other, should I say, fight updates and what we have coming up ahead for this upcoming weekend. So let's just say UFC 263 was very, very um, entertaining when it came to certain fights and very underwhelming when it it came to others. So I want to get started with the main event of the evening. Estrada Sonia versus Marvin Vittori. This was not the first time that these two guys were fighting each other. And uh, this is because Estrada Sonia, when he previously fought Marvin Vittori, 
it was a pretty close fight and uh it was so close that the judges actually deemed it a split decision in favor of israel but obviously it was close enough that it deserved a second match between the two right so that's what happened but the thing is when 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 a fight okay so let me just break it down this way i am not uh, horribly against rematches 100 percent um if a fight is super 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 duper close then yeah definitely go for it but i think it definitely also uh depends on how far apart the two fights are so for example if we have one fight in which the fighters are fighting so hard and it's so close and it's so hard to call the fight in favor of any fighter and we for example score a draw then it makes sense 100% that we should be having a rematch in the next um, couple of months that's the for me if I were a matchmaker if I were a promoter of a uh, MMA company then that would be the maximum like duration of time that I'll be leaving between the two fights you're asking why well you have to make it make sense and you have to make it fair at the same time for both fighters because what's gonna happen if you make this length a little bit longer well one person's performance might be declining by a lot while the other person might be improving by so much or a person might just take some time off you know here and there they might not be as active as the other person and that would affect their um, ring rust and you just there's just so many different confounders in play and that is not good so just because the first fight between any any two fighter is close enough for it to be good for for a second match doesn't mean they have to give them a second match this this late in the game and this was indeed the case for this rematch between Israel Adesanya and Marvin Vittori because their first fight happened in 2018 I believe and now here we are 2021 they're having their second fight so of course a lot has changed what has really changed well Israel Adesanya has became the become the champion and that is no joke because looking at the list of the fighters that he's uh, dominated over they are no joke that's the thing he has mauled over just absolute beasts in the middleweight division people like Yoel Romero people like the former champion Robert Whitaker Ooh, and legends former legends people like Anderson Silva he has gone through them all after he fought Marvin Vittori for the first time and um, even Paul Costa of course Paul Costa uh, the the young prospect in the in the division who was so um, tough of a, who was such enough uh, okay no I don't know why why I cannot talk tonight but he you guys remember Paul Costa was such a tough contender in this division and everybody was even starting to doubt Israel Adesanya because of how uh, big of a challenge Paul Costa was presenting himself to be against Izzy, right? However, Israel Adesanya, what did he do? Well, he 
dominated over Paula Costa in such a in such a way that now Paula Costa he he cannot even get a fight another fight in the division, and he he outclassed him to that extent. So just take it from there and do the math for yourself and do the logic for yourself for how much as your Adesanya had um, improved and promoted his game in the meanwhile. Uh, since the first time that he fought Marvin Vittori. Not saying that Marvin Vittori, like, he hadn't improved to such an extent. He definitely had, but at least in my humble opinion, it wasn't it wasn't as accelerated, if that makes sense. So, um, again, I'm, I'm a person of science. Okay, so from what I'm talking about right now, I'm actually kind of, like, in my head visualizing, like, a curve of how their careers uh, improved over the years. And so for Israel, I can see this very sharp slope in this curve that I'm describing with regards to how much progress and how much improvement he has made, he has made to his game. While for Vittori, yes, uh, the improvement is there, but the curve uh, and the slope of this curve is not as sharp it's very it's much more steady and slow but it doesn't mean that it's not there they're both there but it's just we're talking about different rates of improvements in each fighter's game right so yeah sorry if i got a little bit too technical there but i hope you get what i mean but uh, all of that being said that is why I had a little bit of a weird gut feeling when it came to this rematch between Izzy and Marvin Vittori. And that would, in my opinion, that totally explained why we saw what we saw on Saturday night. So this was a very, it, it was like, a, what's the word for it? I, it escapes my mind. So it was more of a slugfest, meaning that it wasn't like a totally dynamic fight people weren't just coming at each other for no reason like it wasn't a like you you're just being on the edge of your seat all the time right it wasn't it was not that type of a fight there were each person each fighter was taking their time um just just playing around with his opponent and they were i feel like they both could have performed so much better in this fight and Vittori, I feel like he could have exploded a little bit more in this fight. I know it was a five-rounded fight. However, uh, if this was his chance, right? This was his chance at the title, at the belt. After this, we're not really sure if, if he's going to be getting another title shot. So if I were in his shoes, and I know it's not always that easy like it might sound easy with words but when you're in that position and you have that many years of experience that many fights in your back pocket and you fought this person before so uh, you know you you kind of know you you are a little bit familiar with the game plan even if they have completely changed their game plan it's still the same person right in front of you so you're still fighting Israel Adesanya and yeah, you even had the advantage of uh, fighting him once before. So it's not like, oh, you're presented with this novel challenge. Like you've, you've faced this before. And if anything, you could have just watched more tapes of Israel Adesanya's fights and just... Yeah, so if I were in Marvin Vittori's shoes, I would totally go at it 
100% full on blast mode and try to just finish Israel Adesanya. And I know, again, it might not always be feasible when it comes to stamina. I know that's the toughest part. But when you're at this level and this opportunity is presented to you, I feel like you just have to go for it. You have to go for it. And if not, if that's not your thing, you at least need to prepare a more organized game plan. Because like I said, it felt like he was just in there just just playing around improvising and just going with the flow essentially and that's not how championships are won right and okay sorry on the side note so i actually got this really cool poster of rocky balboa the famous quote that says oh gosh i if i turn my head my microphone will pick my voice kind of like partial so it's like, uh, you know, the, the quote that he says, you know, that's how winning is done. That's so when I said that's how championships are done, I'm like, that's how winning is done. Anyway, I love Rocky. Shout out to Rocky Balboa. Anyway, I don't know why I said that. But yeah, cool poster. I wish I could show it to you guys. But yeah, so long story short, Vittori versus Adesanya. It was a mediocre fight. It could have been much better. But the end result is that Israel Adesanya remains the champion. And, uh, you know, he, he's out there to get other people. And I feel like um, there's still so many different opponents that he could be facing in this weight division. Um, people like... I, I would love for um, Robert Whitaker to be fighting Israel Adesanya once again, especially because... Robert Whitaker, he, we all know he had a few ups and downs, but I feel like for the past few fights that he had, he's had since that loss against Israel Adesanya, he's definitely proven that he's improved his game plan. He's recovered well from uh, various injuries and that he he's just ready to go against Izzy. So I would personally, I would love to see another fight between Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker. And for Marvin Vittori, I feel like uh, not not saying that he performed bad on, on Saturday night. He definitely gave it his best. But I really wish, you know, it's just such a pity that he didn't have a more organized game plan coming into this fight. Because I feel like if that was the case, then things would have turned um, in, in, in a whole different direction. Hopefully in his favor. But... It is what it is. At the end of the day, it's the fight game and you win some days and you lose some days and that's just how winning is done. Anyway, <laughs> shout out to Rocky Balboa. Anyway, um, so yeah, that was our main event of the evening. I really want to. OK, so inspirational story of the day. Shout out to Brandon Moreno, who is the first ever Mexican born UFC champion. So Brandon Moreno. I actually did not know this myself, but Moreno, you know, fighting in the flyweight division, he he was part of the UFC, but about two years ago, he was actually cut from the UFC roster. And then, uh, you know, he was obviously training in the meanwhile, and then he got re-signed to the UFC. And what happened after he got re-signed to the UFC like two years after? Well, here he is fighting Davis and Figueredo for the flyweight championship belt after 
again, we're seeing this this whole theme of rematches being repeated over and over again on UFC 263 because Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueredo, they also fought for a previous time uh, about, I can't, I can't quite recall when their fr- first fight was, but... To my point, previously, their their first fight was actually only a few months ago. So it totally made sense to make this rematch between Moreno and Figueredo. And it did not disappoint at all. So let me just refresh your memory. So the first fight that the two had, it was a draw. It was that close. But because it was a draw, the champion, Figueredo, he uh, maintained his belt but Moreno, like, he didn't really lose anything. It was just a draw on his professional record. So the UFC, seeing that it was such a competitive fight, they actually made this rematch happen. And it, it was the best decision that they could have possibly made. So Brandon Moreno, he came into this fight looking fresh. My boy looked fresh. And uh, he just came out there not scared of taking his shots and he went out there doing his thing going at it not being scared of the champion taking him to the ground and uh grounding and pounding and at the end of it well he was actually able to submit Figueredo the champion and it was not something that we expected at all because Davidson Figueredo one thing that's very um, I don't know what the, what the right word for it is, but like at the moment, the only word that I can think of right now that is the most suitable is noble. So, no, Figueredo is so noble in his way of training because he's constantly he's so dedicated to training twenty four seven, as if he's married to training, and it it's um. I've never seen, at least uh, from the vlogs and the training videos that I've seen from other fighters, I haven't seen anybody this dedicated to training like Figueredo. And so to my point again, I feel like this was actually where uh, things start to go wrong and a little bit off for Figueredo because there are two things to notice here. So number one, okay, training is fantastic, but... At the same time, there needs to be some balance. True, Figueredo trains 24-7, but is that the smartest thing to do? Now, I want to give you guys an example. So just imagine you have a presentation tomorrow, right? And you know your material like 90% well, correct? And... You're the type of person you're like, okay, I want to practice this over and over and over and over and over just so I get it 100%. But remember, right now at this moment, you're you're there 90%. And once you're increasing your practice time and your, your trials over and over, well, what's going to happen? Well, you're going to tire yourself out and you won't even realize it. But you're like, oh, yeah, I have to push through this because I need to make myself perfect. And what's going to happen the next day when you actually have your actual presentation, your actual like assignment? Well, there's a really high chance they're actually going to mess up even more because of the fact that you're exhausted. You exhausted yourself with that much practice while you didn't even need it that much because your 
practice level, your confidence level was already at such a high level. You didn't need to put in that extra amount of work to tire yourself out. So this is the exact same thing that happened with uh, Fig Davis and Figueredo because he's already just so good. And I don't understand why he was pushing overtime to put in training, uh, like putting effort for training because it obviously uh, looked like it had gassed him out. It had tired him out. And mind you, from the vlog series that the UFC usually puts out uh, during fight week, it, Figueredo was the only fighter in the in the fighter's hotel who was constantly just doing laps around the hotel, just trying to like um, throw, sh throw some combinations at the pads that his coaches were holding. He was constantly training. He wasn't even like, that was, that was all he was doing. And we saw for ourselves that that can come with its own disadvantages as well. And I feel like that's the lesson that Figueredo should, should uh, take into consideration for future fights because he needs to realize that he's really good and maybe he doesn't need that much excessive training just like that close to a fight so again let me just kind of like clean up what i said because i don't want it to be taken the wrong way so training is 100 important of course in any type of professional sport that you're preparing for but there's a time and a place for example when you're like five days or even four days out of competition you only need to be doing light work you cannot be pushing yourself to the limit that is not the smart thing to do but at last that was the thing that Figueredo was doing unfortunately so I think that was one of the main contributing reasons as to why he couldn't perform as well against Moreno Brandon Moreno and when Moreno was shooting for takedowns he was throwing shots and whatnot um Figueredo just couldn't properly defend he couldn't see them coming and he, he just looked too depleted if that makes sense which sucks because uh both guys i love both guys i love both davison i love uh brandon moreno as well and uh yeah i mean it, it that's hard like it's hard as a fan when you watch such fights because you don't know who to who to root for and uh you're a huge fan of both per both people's um hard work and perseverance right but again, like I said before, tis the fight game and someone wins, someone loses. Hopefully this this was an opportunity for Davison Figueredo to figure out that that loophole in his training camp and his way of training, I should say. But also my warmest congratulations to Brandon Moreno because like I said, he was cut from the UFC two years ago and here he is two years after not only being signed back into the UFC, not only being like almost doubted with his most recent fight against Davis and Figueredo, it was a draw of like, oh, but we don't know if Brandon Moreno just got it on fight night. We don't know if he has that X factor to become the champion, right? But now here we are, Moreno becomes the champion. He goes out there just um, courageous, not scared of anything, believing in himself, having fun out there, and he got it done. He got the job done, and he became the first ever Mexican-born UFC champion. 
oh it, he got so emotional inside the octagon after the fact when he was being interviewed and it was just so beautiful to watch and uh we wish him all the best with this um new chapter of his life and also um want to give uh, like a um big big uh warm hug if i could to davidson figueredo because yeah like i know i i pointed out a lot of flaws in his uh training method but that doesn't take anything away from how fantastic and talented and heartworking of a fighter that he is so shout out to both uh, davidson figueredo and brandon moreno for putting on such a great performance and putting on so much heart inside the octagon and uh yeah that's all i want to say unfortunately i wanted to get into some of the other fights that took place at ufc 263 and some other um boxing events that are actually supposed to happen this upcoming saturday there's a very interesting one happening i'm just going to briefly say so um anderson silva the ufc legend is going to be making his boxing debut against the son of the boxing legend julio cesar chavez so julio cesar chavez jr um and so yeah i was very surprised that this fight is happening in the first place but unfortunately because we're almost out of time i'm just gonna say that this fight is happening and you guys watch it because we're gonna be talking about it on our next episode all right i'm just looking at the clock right now that is all the time we're going to be having for this week, folks. Make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with previous episodes. And until next time, it's your girl, Jana, right here. And this is TKO. Peace out. Peace out.